Welcome to the She He We Awakening podcast. We are a wife and husband therapy team whose professional and personal lives are centered on psychology and spirituality. We love sharing what we've learned on our journey of becoming conscious through relationship, and we invite you to get to know us and hopefully hear in our stories something that can support you in your life too. Hello, my love. We meet again. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems to keep happening. Yes. Mm. And here we are on vacation. Yeah. Florida. down to have another talk about relationships and important things to grow into in relationships. And what's been on our mind is, I can't remember now if uh, I thought about this or how this topic came up. I think you brought up this concept, um, this term that you first heard from the Gottman Institute, um, the bid for attention. Mm-hmm. And we've been talking about that for the last week or so, off and on. Yeah. Gottman Institute has this phrase bids for attention, which means ways in which a person in a relationship reaches out to the other person to make a connection or to have intimacy, to grow intimacy. Mm-hmm. And they say that that's the most important predictor of a healthy relationship or marriage. They study marriage is that most of the time, the other person answers your bid for attention in that's a positive, positive way. Right. It's the number one indicator of a, of a healthy marriage. Okay. That so, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> fin- yeah, go ahead and finish. It's the number one indicator. I was just going to give examples of bids for attention, Great. which are, Perfect. you know, for some people, it's things like, hey, did you hear about, you know, this TV show? Do you want to watch it together? Or, hey, did you see this person? You know, it, it's a kind of a reaching out to, to make a conversation, mm-hmm. to start a conversation, to get deeper into the more intimate. Um, you know, it can also look like, look over here, look over there <laughs> as you're driving, <laughs> look at the blue car, <laughs> look at the street, you know, yes. all, of, all kinds of ways of trying to ask the other person to pay attention, if, especially if the other person is uh, seeming to be detached or in their own world or whatever. It's, it's a desire. It's a human desire to be safe and feel loved and connected to a partner, right. or another loved one, whatever. Mm. And so in this understanding, um, the Gottman Institute, it's, I think it's important to just be very clear that this isn't sort of a philosophy or a teaching per se, Mm-hmm. about their sense of, you know, their approach to relationship. This is research-based. Yep. And there are many decades of studying couples, observing them um, in the wild, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, and collecting data. Their number one indicator about whether a relationship would be successful is whether couples respond positively to one another's bids for attention. Mm-hmm. Do you pay attention? Do you have eye contact? Does the, do you, the person who's doing the bid, do they feel heard and seen? And so that all seems very clear. And again, it's not a philosophy. The research is the research. So, you know, that's kind of non-negotiable. We can't really say, well, I don't agree with that. I mean, 
this is what they do. They study couples and their research says, no, I'm telling you that mm-hmm. if people don't do this, if people don't respond in kind to these quote bids for attention, the percent chance of the relationship failing goes up significantly. Yeah. Whatever percent massively, whatever, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's non-negotiable. And yet, um, our conversation around this started because I didn't really like that. <laughs> Don't like that for attention. <laughs> I, I sort of, I sort of, I sort of pondered that for a little bit for a couple days on my own because that's what I do, right? And then in my um, classic introverted fashion, um, after two days of not saying anything and just pondering on my own, I just sort of said, "Is there such a thing as a bid for attention that isn't pulling on your partner's energy?" Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that's something that I've always been sensitive to. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a kind of introverted, um, mostly sort of self-contained and independent type, um, I, I perceive those sorts of um, tugs to be unpleasant. Mm-hmm. Um, how, how do you experience that? I'm curious, or for people who are watching and they don't know what it means to have your energy pulled on. Yeah. And so again, also to make clear, this is, let's, let's leave the bid for attention in the Gottman Institute to the side mm-hmm. for, exactly. for a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so to me, um, having my energy pulled on is, um, it feels like, um, being asked to become responsible for somebody who, who uh, isn't responsible for themselves or can't be responsible for themselves in the moment. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like somebody asking something of me in sort of subtle, um, unconscious ways um, that either I can't provide for them uh, or simply don't want to provide for them um, mm-hmm. because it would require me to step outside of myself in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels to me, it's, it's draining, it's exhausting. Mm. Um, that's, that's mostly how I experience it sort of physically or energetically, mm. uh, energetically is um, I find it to be very draining um, mm. to have my uh, energy pulled on in, in that way. Um, and so I was thinking about uh, now bringing back in this, this Gottman Institute idea of the bid for attention. I was thinking about, okay, where, where has that shown up in my life um, previously? We'll, we'll leave you out of the equation um, for, now. for the time. <laughs> <laughs> previously, where has that shown up in my life? Um, and what has my ability to respond to that been? Um, in other words, um, was I in alignment with the ideas that the Gottman Institute was uh, expressing in terms of what makes a relationship or indicators of whether a relationship would be successful? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wasn't sure at first if, if I had had the experience of 
uh, a partner making a quote bid for my attention that I didn't perceive to be as a pulling of my energy. Mm. Now that can say a lot about me and what was not healed in me at the time. Um, but nonetheless, it got me thinking about even now in, in sort of um, an ideal relationship um, or in a very different place in my life, um, hypothetically, the question came up for me, is there such a thing as a bid for attention that isn't a, a pulling of energy? Um, and so that led us down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, I, I still, I'm still not sure entirely that there's a clean answer to that. But um, I think one thing that really stood out to me as a satisfactory way of being with that question is whether or not the, um, the partner who is making the bid for attention is conscious of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm. And, yes. and to be clear, this isn't just in romantic relationship. I mean, okay. this, is, this is in any relationship. Obviously, it's far more important in a romantic relationship, whether or not the significant other is responding to these things or not. But, mm-hmm. um, and so that, that made me feel a little bit better about um, just being okay with this idea that the bidding for attention is a part of a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. What it helped me, um, <clears throat> let me put that differently. Initially, I was concerned that there was that that this bidding for attention had no place in a healthy relationship, which would seem to be sort of in stark contrast to the data that the Gottman Institute has. And I said, okay, yeah. well, if their data is accurate, and I have no reason to assume it's not. Um, if responding to these bids for the attention is in fact a hallmark of, of successful relationships, um, why does it bother me so much? <laughs> or why does it seem to, am I misunderstanding something about it? Or are we just yes. using different language for different scenarios? And, and this helped me sort of um, reconcile that seeming uh, disconnect when I recognize that, okay, what actually bothers me isn't the bid for attention. It's, it's the unconscious bid for attention. That's Mm. part of it. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would, I don't want to use the word argue, but I'll I'll say it for the sake of the sentence. Um, I would argue that I'm always making bids for attention with you. Anytime I'm interacting with you for the most part. Um, So you know, for, for me, that looks like um, sending you a quote that I've read mm. that I think mm-hmm. is interesting or beautiful. Mm-hmm. And my, I don't have the expectation that you reply to it necessarily. Mm. There is a desire for you to read it or else I wouldn't send it. Right. right? but there isn't the expectation or there's not an attachment that you reply or you, you know, yes. there's some outcome that happens from that. Okay. Um, so that's, that's another huge distinguishing feature. Right. There's expectations a, there's a, and attachment. 
there's a desire to connect and yet how that connection happens on the, you know, coming from the other person, um, it's helpful to not have an expectation. If you want to suffer, then build an expectation. (laughs) Sure. And then for somebody who is more introverted and perhaps a little energetically sensitive to these things like myself, um, just as with whether or not that bid for attention is made consciously versus unconsciously, there's a huge difference in how it's received by me. Just use me Mm -hmm. as the example here in terms of whether or not that bid for attention is woven into and woven in with um, expectations. It's the expectations or the attachment to there being a response, either a certain Mm -hmm. kind of response, like, yes, I definitely agree with Mm -hmm. how amazing this is, right? Or (laughs) um, expectations that the response come in a specific timeframe, whatever it might be, that becomes the pulling on the partner's energy. And, And this is more than just pedantic. This is more than just kind of fleshing out terms. I think, I think it's important because the, the, the teaching of the Gottman Institute in terms of um, couples being able to respond to one another's bids for attention is, is important. Their, mm-hmm. their data proves it. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think you and I both work with couples and have many experiences with clients and just also with people in relationship with mm-hmm. who might think that they're making bids for attention and what they're really doing is pulling on their partner's energy or attempting to um, self-regulate through their partner or um, asking their partner to fill some need for them that, that they're not even conscious of asking for it to be filled. And those things become sources of confusion, tension, difficulty in the relationship. You know, it leads to that sense of like, what do you want from me? <laughs> I don't know what you need here because right. the person making the bid doesn't even really know what they need. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember feeling that way when you and I were uh, first together and we were living in separate apartments and we're both healing from all of our, you know, we were doing a lot of in-depth healing of trauma. And I remember wanting to be. I mean, I was alone. I was in Colorado on my own Mm -hmm. and I was reaching out to the only person that I felt safe with here. Mm -hmm. And you were, I think what I missed, you know, what I didn't understand at that time that made it feel like I was pulling on your energy is that you were not prepared at that time to return the bid for attention. (laughs) Right. So there was an um, offness there. That's something that I even now pay attention to in our relationship. There's times when, I mean, for the 90% of the time, probably whatever t- inner experience I'm having of turmoil, I'm mostly sorting it out for myself. Mm-hmm. It's just been my practice over the last seven years mm-hmm. to learn how to take care of myself emotionally and to self-regulate, which we can talk about in a few minutes. I think we should, what that means. Um, It's been my practice to learn how to do that because 
I could see how damaging it could be to someone else. And I have been someone people have leaned on for self-regulation. And I know what it feels like to always be the one who, to hold space. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there's a lot of times in that that's perfectly appropriate to hold space for someone. And there's times when it's only enabling to the person that you keep holding space for them and they don't right. ever learn how to self-regulate. Long story short, now in our relationship, I'm sensitive to when I need something like, uh, like you know, to have an uncontrollable cry in your arms or whatever, I'm not doing it at a time when you can't hold space for me. I'm, I'm not, I'm choosing those moments. I'm, I'm assessing the situation. I'm being conscious of where you are. Exactly. I'm asking for permission. Can we talk about this thing? Yeah. Can I pick your mind on this thing? If you're really right. stressed out, exhausted, hurting, something's going on. I have to, I, I have to put it aside. There's yes. nothing wrong with that for me to, to put it on the back burner. And right. And yeah. so, yes. And so that's, that's why I think I would, it sort of took me aback when we were talking about this earlier and my perception of our relationship, when we first started talking about this, I said, well, you know, I've, I've got it great because, you know, you don't make these, a lot of these bids for attention um, because I, I was still associating and hadn't really um, seen the distinction or fleshed out the distinction between the bid for attention and the pulling on the energy. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I mean, our relationship works great, but you don't really make a lot of bids for my attention. And you said, I make bids for your attention all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we talked about it and you sort of explained, I went, oh yeah, actually, I guess you do. But, yeah. but the, the key distinction there is that, as you just said, one, those bids are done consciously Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then they're also done without expectation or attachment mm-hmm. to a specific outcome. Um, in other words, there is the freedom for me to quote reject mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or, or take a rain check is probably mm-hmm. a better energetic expression. Um, mm-hmm. The bid for attention. And that isn't taken personally or um, seen as a problem. Um, yeah, yeah, no. Right. No, because I know inside of myself, I'm not going to die yeah. <laughs> if you don't, you know, return my bid for attention. And we also have had enough repetition of there's enough trust built up mm-hmm. yes. where I know that over the, the years of our relationships, that most of the bids for attention are met that eventually if I need something, you're there. Like if I need you to work on my back or whatever, um, you're there, you're consistently there. I don't, I can trust you. Right. But I also know that I'm not gonna die if you aren't there because I can take care of myself. And there's all kinds of ways to get things met, all, all kinds of ways to get your emotional needs met, your physical needs met. Right. And I think, in relationships, it's unreasonable to expect your partner to always meet these various needs. There's just going to be periods of time, days, minutes, hours, years, where the other person cannot meet every bid for attention. Right. 
even when the bids for attention are done in a healthy manner. Mm-hmm. Right. But then there's the whole other story of when these bids for attention are, are not healthy. Right. Mm-hmm. When they are um, predominantly unconscious or when they are laced with expectation and attachment. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's, that's when somebody is um, unaware that they have some turmoil or unmet condition within themselves that they aren't able to be with and work with and respond to mm-hmm. um, within themselves. And, and they, so they then move into a codependency strategy, which is to say they pull on the energy of the partner, um, not knowing what they're doing, not intending to do that, but, but doing it nonetheless. And the, and the message that's transmitted energetically is, um, I need you to take care of me in a way that I should be able to take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so Mm. again, we're not all perfect. So it's not as if that occurring every now and then in a relationship is this massive red flag that indicates the relationship is not going well or won't be successful. It's, it's, if that becomes um, the habitual way of being, and if there's no attempt to bring more consciousness to the reality of what's going on within the person who keeps making the unconscious bids for attention. Mm -hmm. So um, this was true for me. I think you asked me this morning, you know, well, what did that look like for you in relationship? Um, to have your energy pulled on and to have these bids for attention feel more contaminated and unhealthy. Mm. And it felt like um, never really being able to just settle comfortably into my own being um, because I was always sort of looking on my, looking over my shoulder on the lookout for my partner. How was she doing? Um, you know, did she need anything from me? Like, is this an okay time for me to like sit down and take care of myself? Or is that going to be perceived as abandoning her in some way? Mm-hmm. Um, if I sit down and start doing this thing that makes me happy and brings me joy and she's over there um, dealing with something and not in a great mood, is that going to be perceived as insensitive? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. Um do you ever struggle with these things now do you ever have those thoughts that go through your head like can I do this thing (laughs) um, okay (laughs) every now and then but it's there's an immediate recognition that that there's no identification with that there's no um it's it's just background noise it's this Mm -hmm. it's this background loop thing that that pops up every now and then and I just recognize it as soon as it happens and go yeah I remember when that used to be a thing like I remember when that pattern used to drive me Mm. or there was any energy invested in it um and so there's there's not it'll happen um you know um we're home in the evening and you know so, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to watch TV? Do you want to do this? I'm like, yeah, I think I want to just go sit out on the porch and read and smoke a cigar. Mm-hmm. And there's this echo and shadow of background noise um, that all it does is actually serve to remind me of how not present it actually is mm-hmm. in our relationship. 
it, it's just kind of there. It's now it's the background that provides the contrast that allows the truth of the foreground to actually show up. Um, so that's that's how I would describe it. So no, I don't I don't perceive that in a relationship, and that's a two way street. That's that's the healing work that I've done over the years. Um, and it's the work that you've done and mm. how that translates into your way of being in relationship with me. Um, and I like what you said earlier, it's about the built up trust. Mm -hmm. You know, I know that you're okay and can take mm -hmm. care of yourself. I trust mm -hmm. that you can take care of yourself. I also trust you to really honestly and consciously communicate to me if there is a moment when you need me for something. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I can check in with that. Is this one of those moments? <laughs> right. Do you need me? No, I don't. Okay. I'll be over here. And, and that's okay. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, uh, you used the word codependent. And I'm curious about that because how you described the reaching out to get some a need met unconsciously sounds more like dependent than codependent but maybe from your perspective it places the expectation that you be codependent and be the rescuer role right is that, I, I, is that what you yes. were talking about okay. um, I, yeah i do i do think that that's true I, I think that often um i think that people will find themselves in relationships where the two halves of the dependency uh, equation or the codependency equation intersect. I mean, obviously mm -hmm. that's the definition of codependency, but where, where one person um, has a pattern of making unconscious bids for attention that have expectation and attachment with them. And the other person um, depends on being of service in the relationship mm -hmm. to have a sense of worth or value or that's, that's what they perceive themselves to be bringing into the relationship. That's, that's what I offer, you know? Right. Um, and so I think that's where the codependency piece shows up. Um, sure. Okay. So I guess that, that, that wouldn't have been true for me. That's, um, that's not the dynamic that I had in previous relationships where, where these bids for attention were pulling on my energy to me I perceived that as a negative I didn't I didn't want to be the one to take care of mm -hmm. um, so that wasn't that wasn't codependent I guess in my case but for many people I think it will show up that way well I mean you can explain that dynamic as a um like archetypally um like women and men um the woman sometimes wants the man to be like the white knight yep exactly and you know, maybe some people that you were in relationship with before wanted that from you, wanted that, that solidity, that, that attentiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about the nights in the run, you know, in the Renaissance times, like yep. all the poems. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I, I do think that that's, I think that that's true. Um, yeah. And I do think that there were those expectations. Um, Yeah, and for women, I think, um, I think a lot of women find themselves in relationship dynamics where they feel like they're the mother. 
and the bids for attention coming from the man are like a little child. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a reason there's so many jokes about men and being sick. <laughs> it's like being you, sick. Maybe I've missed Ill. this joke. Oh, you've missed these jokes? I've, I mean, apparently I've missed these jokes. Apparently you're not on women's, it, it, women's Facebook pages, I guess. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's just a, you know, there's a, there's a joke. There's kind of a, a comparison of men when they get sick to young children that they regress, I see see. that they become needy, that they, they suddenly, you know, if they have a little bit of a sniffle, they're on the couch for a week. Right. And, you know, they can't do anything. They can't help with the kids, but the moms, if they get sick, they're still driving the kids to school. You know, it's a whole thing. Sure. Okay. Messy. Yeah. Well, I think that gets into a potentially much more complicated. <laughs> At any rate, <laughs> I'm just saying that there's archetypal yeah. roles that we fall into. Sure. And where this kind of pulling on energy thing plays out. Right. Yeah. Which, which again, I think to me is um, that's the, the important distinction that, that I want to make or, or, or that's what felt important to me to make as a distinction. Um, in terms of uh, settling into this language that the Gottman Institute uses and, mm, and, and, yeah. and um, for lack of a better way of putting it, being okay with, with that. Um, <clears throat> and so the distinction again to me is, is there's the healthy making of a bid for attention, which um, as we thought about this for a couple of days and fleshed it out, you then sent me something um, I went, oh, okay, that's, that's what it is. What you've just done is you have organically shared of yourself, mm. right? And that's how you make these, quote, bids for attention. And, and at that point, to me, that terminology actually becomes a little less accurate. There's a bid for connection mm-hmm. um, that is Yeah, made. attention sounds like a toddler, Right. Right. It, like pulling it, it on does. the pants leg of, of the father. Right. Hello. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Not, nonetheless, because that's the term, we'll, we'll use it. But the way that, that you make your bids for attention as a healthy, individuated person, and the way that that works in our relationship, which is a healthy relationship, is that you organically share of yourself as, a, as an offering. Mm-hmm. And then in any given moment, I have the opportunity and the option to take that offering and do something with it, mm-hmm. <laughs> respond to it, say, thank you, make an offering in return, um, acknowledge and appreciate um, any number of options that I have to respond to that organic sharing that you've made. Mm-hmm. Um, but that organic sharing of the self, um, by its nature does not have any expectation or attachment yeah, that, that's transmitted giving. along with it. It's, it's, it's just mm-hmm. a giving. And so what, um, in a <clears throat> lesser, uh, lesser developed, uh, relationship, whatever the hell that means, um, <laughs> a less healthy relationship or 
and you know, again, lest, lest that come across the wrong way, that for us would mean any relationship that we've been in prior to this one, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So it's not like we have to go back that far to, no. to know what that looks and feels like from a personal perspective. Um, but, but from some less healthy place, um, you know, a sharing of a meme or uh, a comment about an observation in the world, oh, I just heard that so-and-so, isn't that interesting, right? Would, would come with some sort of expectation, right? Mm-hmm. And some need to respond. And then if, if the person doesn't respond to that, or doesn't respond with agreement or fascination or this, whatever, you know, yeah. whatever, mm-hmm. then suddenly that becomes a source of conflict or uh, the relationship is damaged in some way. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but now, <clears throat> as has happened a couple of times in the last few weeks, you will share, <laughs> I'll, I'll hear you laughing hysterically from the other room and then <laughs> notification on my phone. Oh, Jimmy, <laughs> shared a TikTok video with you. All right, let's click. Like, I don't get it. I don't. I find this totally unamusing. And I'm free to say, I don't get it. You know, and it's like, there's no, there's no conflict there. There's nothing, there's nothing lost. You've just spontaneously shared. It's gone over my head and there's, there's nothing lost here. Um, that's, that's the difference. And I think that's, what's important for people. If they're interested in being truly being in a healthy relationship and owning how they contribute to that or, or don't, or, or detract from that, then, then these are the opportunities. This is where you can begin to tune in, um, to whether you're contributing or detracting from a healthy relationship. When you make Mm -hmm. these shares, when you make these offerings, these bid for attention, uh, bids for attention. Um, can you tune into it and say that it honestly comes with no expectation of the significant other? Right. I think the most, you know, the most classic thing that I remember of how I, I didn't do this well, even in our relationship was when I would come home from work and I would un- kind of I don't know, unravel, <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. whatever. Like I would come home and, and start talking about uh, things that I heard that during the day that were, was upsetting or mm-hmm. frustration that I was having or whatever the scenario was. And I remember you saying, I don't want you to talk about this stuff mm-hmm. anymore with me because it's really, I don't know if you said negative or what, whatever you said. Something. something like that. Yeah. And I, and I remember feeling like, well, it, it created a really big paradigm shift for me because I, in my experience growing up and my experience, especially with women is that the way you bond is through venting mm. is through expressing all of your unexpressed stuff. And you just mm-hmm. kind of vomit it out and lay it on the table and the other person will usually say, Oh yeah, I had that happen to me. And like, it becomes like kind of a swap meet yeah. of yeah. trauma. M- misery loves company. <laughs> yes. It's really good times. Um, mm-hmm. But I just kind of realized that was my normal way of working through um, stuff that was up for me mm-hmm. it, and in part encouraged by all the therapy that I was doing 
with my therapist at the time, because that's the whole point of therapy. Right. You go into the therapy office and you start talking about everything that's been upsetting you. And from that big mess, whatever you want to call maybe mess is kind of a harsh word from all of those feelings that you reveal, you begin to understand yourself through talking. And then you, you know, if you have a hypnotherapist, you get to do clearing on it and it feels all nicely, you know, tied off with a bow at the end and you go on with your life. <laughs> well, here I am coming home from work with all of this built up stress and kind of spewing it all out. And uh, you're like, well, I just had a whole day of the same. So why are you dumping all of this on me? Yeah. Yeah. And it really, although I was super pissed when you, when mm-hmm. I, you probably remember, <laughs> I was really upset <laughs> and hurt. I do remember. I'm yeah. like, well, what, where am I supposed to talk about this? Like, who am I supposed to talk about this to? Like, what, what are, what is this relationship about? If right. it's not about, what are you here for? If not <laughs> to stand there, <laughs> what is the point of you? Right. <laughs> you don't do the dishes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't fold the laundry. <laughs> and now you point? don't want to stand there and listen to my shit. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't really get it, but then it didn't take me very long to ha- to realize how disempowering that was for me to need another person to resolve my stress and my emotions. Yes. And right. so I immediately, you know, once I kind of got over it, I kind of got over this boundary that you had set that I didn't like, I experienced so much more um, peace mm. And a trust in myself that I could take all of this material and work with it. And I, all I had to do was feel the emotions. It wasn't that complicated. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's such a, a an illustrative example because um, what you're describing is, is that there, there was something needing to happen within you mm-hmm. that couldn't happen as long as you were remaining unconscious of the way in which you were managing it. And the way in which you were managing it was by, you know, coming home and and kind of venting it to me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, And it's only when you owned the ability to stop doing that. Right. And become conscious of what was actually happening in your energetic system and, and with your emotions and uh, you know, why am I having these strong reactions to this particular thing and, and began mm-hmm. exploring that and working with it consciously, then suddenly your happiness increased significantly. Yeah. Your, your well-being was a, was net improvement. So this is not just about don't be annoying to your partner. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, there's a, there's a much, there's a much deeper message here. This isn't, this right. isn't just how to avoid, you know, offending one another. That's that's, right. that's that's not what this is. This is ultimately about what is best for us um, as the person who is making these bids. Because um, you know, and this is where we get into the the non-dual side of of what's going on here. Any any attempt to um, regulate from the outside or derive something of value from the outside or fill a sense of incompleteness or plug a void or anything that where, where the solution seems to be outside of us is ultimately a projection. It is, it is, um, it is 
not accurate and, and is illusory in some way. Um, again, we're all doing it mm-hmm. <laughs> all the time, short of being perfected, fully enlightened beings, mm-hmm. you know, of which depending on who you talk to, there's been like maybe half a dozen in <laughs> the history of the species, right? right. Um, so short of that, um, then this is still going on. So it's, it's not, again, it's not an all or a nothing. It's, but it is becoming more and more conscious of when and where we're doing that um, and being willing to withdraw that attempt um, to seek solution from the outside. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the problem that a lot of people have with that teaching is that they want to follow that in their logic mind to some inevitable conclusion that then looks like being totally isolated and hermit-like and disconnected from the world. And you and I, I think, are both willing to say that that is not the case. That is Mm. definitely, and without a doubt, that is not the case. It's difficult to explain why that's not the case, I think, Um, because in a sense, it, it does look like that would be the inevitable conclusion. I need no one. <laughs> I don't need any of you for anything. I'm totally content within myself. Right. Oh, except I need uh, the people to work at the grocery store so I can go buy food. Right. So yes, this, yeah. this comes back to even when we withdraw those projections and are capable of meeting our own needs and stop projecting um, those lost aspects of self out into the world and trying to fill them from out there, even when we're no longer doing that, we are still living in a, um, an interdependent reality here on earth (laughs) in this particular plane of consciousness. Right. And it's, it's a matter of becoming resourceful, Mm. filled with resources, right? Mm -hmm. So if every time I feel upset, I come, I have to come home and vent to you, which is what I used to do to my mother, my poor mother. Mm. <laughs> That's what I did for 37 years of my life, FYI, <laughs> mm. until I moved to Denver and was like, oh, I shouldn't really be doing this anymore. I need help to learn how to take care of myself. I just transferred it to you. Um, if you, if other, if you aren't there, if my mom's not there, if my friend's not there, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. It's going to create a lot of suffering if I don't have my go-tos. And you and I see this all the time with, you know, with various clients, they have these um, various attachments to, or addictions to things like uh, running or mm-hmm. um, skiing or mm-hmm. cycling or whatever, you know, this person, that person, and right. then they break up with the person. Right. Or their kids or they go get, off to college. Or they get hurt and they can't, right. uh, yeah, they, they can't dissipate that energy through physical activity. Yeah. They don't know how to move. They don't know how to take care of themselves in other ways. So they're reliant right. on one path or another path. And that creates a lot of suffering when you can't access that path. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's a wonderful um, thing if you can give yourself the opportunity to become more resourceful and, and more resilient and, and, learn new ways of, of working with things and mm-hmm. being with yourself. And yeah. then, and then once you become fully resourceful and independent, like you have been most of your life, 
then you get to have the experience of, oh, what's it like to be comforted when I'm sick? <laughs> yes, which which I have had. Um, right. Right. The irony of that earlier example wasn't lost on me. I, I think it was about a year ago um, that I got COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had it. Did I have it just before? Yeah, I think I had it. Yeah, about four or five you. days before me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had that revelation um, and I recognized that that pattern, that energetic pattern had been there previously as well in other iterations. But um, it was only then that I recognized um, that I was, I seemed to be getting something (laughs) from that experience of being sick and feeling really well taken care of. Mm -hmm. And, and again, um, it seems like perhaps we're kind of contradicting ourselves. Um, we're, we're not, uh, it's just that these things are paradoxical by, by their nature. But I recognized that um, there was an opportunity there for me um, to allow myself to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. And for me, the reason that was so important is because I spent, uh, I think, too much of my time and um, energy oriented towards independence and mm-hmm. introversion and self-management um, and, and being able to take care of myself or just, you know, having kind of a low, uh, <laughs> I want to say a low bar that sets the, that sets the wrong, but I don't have, I don't have a lot of needs. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so um, in, in not having, a a lot of needs, Um, you know, I don't need to make lots of bids for attention to have needs filled, Mm -hmm. right? But that can become an extreme or be taken too far in in that direction, too far in the direction of independence and not enough honoring of interdependence. Right. Right. And so Mm -hmm. this is what happens in the psyche is that that when we move too far towards one end of the polarity, the other side of the polarity finds a way to jump up and grab us typically unconsciously and, and getting sick would certainly be an example of um, the unconscious grabbing us um, in some way. Um, I mean, it, I didn't consciously sit down and think, okay, it's time to get sick. Right. Right. It, it just, it just, <laughs> I want to feel taken care of. So, <laughs> right. So let me, let me contrive a way to do that. The, the unconscious did that for me. Um, and I use that language intentionally because the unconscious is always working for us to create balance by its very nature. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was important to have this balancing experience of, yeah, no, you, you are independent. You are self-sufficient. You, you do have all of the resources you have, uh, you, you have all the resources you need within yourself. Um, and you know that you're conscious of it and you can live your life that way. And also, you're a human being in a relationship. And sometimes it just feels really, really nice for your partner to bring you chicken soup and Mm -hmm. check on you regularly and rub your feet or do energy work for you or whatever it Mm -hmm. might be. And that's not a problem. (laughs) Right. That's that's not a sign of codependency. Um, And again, the reason that that's different in that state is because there isn't the expectation yeah. I mean, there, if it's I not, a, you it's alone, not a demand. You just suffer 
by yourself. Yes. <laughs> You'd never yes. be like, can you get me some chicken soup, please? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not your style. No. Well, I'd like to talk a little bit about um, bids for attention that don't feel good. Hmm. Just to kind of illustrate that a little bit more. Yes. AKA neediness. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. And the neediness and the pulling on energy go hand in hand. Yeah. So for me, you know, you, we have a slightly different way we feel this. I don't um, kinesthetically feel like someone's pulling on my energy, but it, to me, it kind of feels like someone's knocking on my door mm-hmm. um, and like not going away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You're not answering, but they're not getting the message. Right. They're just continuing yeah. to knock. Right. And that that's probably the most difficult thing for me is that, you know, there's times that I can answer the door and there's times I just can't answer the door because right. I'm tired. I mean, usually it's because I'm, I'm just tired and I should be meditating and mm-hmm. rejuvenating myself and, and answering the door, you know, every 10 minutes is not help, helpful for me. It's not healthy. Right. Um, I usually don't, I notice for me anyway, is that there can be a lot of bids for my attention um, on a certain day. And if I have plenty of energy, I can answer a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But if I'm feeling exhausted, it makes me really angry. <laughs> I get really mm-hmm. angry in yeah. response. I have less tolerance for the bids. Mm-hmm. So, you know, ways that, um, you know, I've been in relationship where people have made a bid for attention that has felt um, uncomfortable for me have been um, things like uh, texting me repeatedly. And mm-hmm. if I don't respond, they person will send another text and then another text and, and so on. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's one of the ways that I experience that now. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So those are, um, how did you phrase it? You wanted examples of, of what? Well, experiences of having someone give you a bid for attention that doesn't, that doesn't feel gotcha. good. Right. Just so that people yeah. who might be watching this can think about ways that they may have been reaching out and well it's harmful so i i had um i i dated somebody many years ago um who was constantly asking me what am what am i thinking hey what are you what are you thinking now i was like (laughs) (laughs) i really want to know (laughs) that at this moment yeah it's either do you really want to know or at this moment like there's literally no thought in my head (laughs) there's nothing there's nothing there yeah um and of course this is only in retrospect at the time i just felt kind of annoyed and flabbergasted and didn't really (laughs) have the the language or or experience to make heads and tails of it but that that would be an example of that's an unconscious bid for attention sure there's a need there's an expectation there's some and this this woman was um particularly high anxiety Mm -hmm. um and so, you know, looking back, what would happen is anxiety would build in her and she wouldn't know how to deal with it. So she'd need to distract herself from it. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or there was also, again, maybe this was literally true 
if not, it's certainly true in other situations, examples, or there's just an inherent insecurity. Right. And it's like, I'm so uncomfortable with myself and my thoughts that I need some kind of affirmation from you, you know, mm -hmm. that you're not thinking the same bad things about me that I'm over here thinking about myself. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. What are you thinking? What do you think? And, and so, mm. you know, constantly just tugging on your partner's energy like that is, um, you know, that's a bid for attention that's, that's unhealthy. Um, and I, I think the tough ones are the ones that might look like they are relationship building. Mm. PDA is one. Mm. That's a great one. Yeah. Physical affection. That. Yes. Mm -hmm. That is a great it one. It can definitely be experienced as uh, clinginess. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, anything short of peck in public is... Um, uncouth, <laughs> a bit, a bit garish. Um, <laughs> and, and so I'm, I know that I've had examples of, of that, but we'll just stick with the hypothetical that, that, that yes, if you're, you know, um, if your significant other is not really particularly comfortable with dramatic expressions of action in public and, and you continue to do that and, or make those attempts, those bids for attention, right? That the, the unconscious can kind of twist that around and say, well, I'm just trying to be close with you. Right. 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 I just want to show you how much I love you. I just want other people to know how much I love you. I just, right. But sure. really what we're talking about is there's an unmet need. Yeah. There's a sense of insecurity. There's a need to sort of like stake your claim in public and, right. Make a display of this one. This one belongs to me. Hands off or any, any number <laughs> this of, one belongs to me. <laughs> you know, it's the marking of the territory. Um, there's any number of, um, you know, sort of examples of, of um, shadow psyche material that is, is, you know, coming out and demanding mm. that you latch on to your significant other in public and, Kind of make a big deal about that or or maybe there's just sexual repression and and you know you're you're sort of getting off on the idea of being seen being affectionate in public but mm -hmm. the, the key point in all of those examples is that they're all they're all unconscious right um but those are the tricky mm -hmm. ones because um where there's that temptation you could you could attempt to make a logical argument that that no i'm not I'm not pulling on your energy. I'm just making one of these bids for attention that the Gottman Institute says you should respond to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if right. we're going to be in a healthy relationship, you're supposed to respond to this in, a, in an affirmative manner. Right. Um, yeah. So PDA is a great example of that. What yeah. Are, and I, I think when I said PDA, I'm, uh, <laughs> I was really more just, <clears throat> you know, referring to less the extremeness of the physical affection, more the mm -hmm. constancy. Uh, physical yeah. people just you know when you're with someone and they're just hanging on you yes, yes. like they just need to always be touching you or holding right. your hand or right <coughs> excuse me yeah. um, another one i just thought of is <coughs> um jokes or passive aggressiveness is a way uh, that people yeah make a bid for attention mm. that feels kind of shitty like, like 
sort of needling jokes at the partner? Uh, yeah, that's one. I mean, there's lots of couples that I've observed, observed anyway, who, <clears throat> excuse me, they just, <clears throat> in order to, to get something that they need, they will make a rude, jokey comment mm. at that person. And I'm, I see. have an example, but it's like sar- or, or sarcasm. <clears throat> sarcastic, yeah, sarcasm. Yeah. Poking yeah. at one's insecurities. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the, like those the, aren't received the, well. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we're, we're, it's almost like we're accidentally segueing into this conversation we've had before. Um, and that has been um, <laughs> poorly received by some others around the old, the, the whole love languages. Mm. Um, phenomenon and that that idea of there being specific love languages, um, you know, and the the clinginess or the you know the physical affection or physical touch, mm. right? It's it would be very easy to to just sort of bypass the sense of um, or bypass the reality of the unconsciousness that is present in these manifestations and the, and the unspoken expectations and attachment to an outcome and just say, this is just my love language, or this is just how I show you affection. And Mm -hmm. this is how I prove that I love you by showing you affection. That's my love language. And so it's okay for me to just kind of literally tug on you all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And it gets tricky because, um, I think there are scenarios in which those kinds of behaviors are not problematic. Mm-hmm. They're not, they're not destructive and can be in fact supportive to the relationship. And it really, I think it comes down to whether a particular person is, is ready and willing and able to show up and tell the truth about themselves, see the truth about themselves, know that, that that's what's going on, admit it to themselves and then, kind of um, stay grounded in that and say, no, I'm actually um, not able to take care of myself right now, or I'm afraid you're going to leave me, or I'm feeling insecure, or I'm feeling jealous, or I'm wondering if you're over there talking to another woman on the phone or whatever it might be, right? Like (laughs) I'm unsettled in some way. And in fact, if I'm really honest with myself, this attempt to be in constant physical contact or constantly showing affection is really grounded in my own unmet needs or unresolved mm-hmm. insecurity. Um, yes. But that, that's, that takes a lot that that's, mm-hmm. there, there aren't a lot of people who are able to do that. Um, certainly not the majority of people. And you're bringing up another example. Um, ironically. So in a person's desire to be uh, uh, forthcoming about what's actually coming up for them, Mm -hmm. you know, like I realize that when I'm clinging to you at parties, it's because I feel nervous or I feel anxious. Mm -hmm. Another bid for attention that people do. And I see it a lot in the, in the, in the conscious healing or spiritual people that we work with is that mm-hmm. everything is about, well, this is how I'm feeling. And so a lot of bids for attention are like this oversharing of yeah. 
these are my patterns and this is this is the trauma right. that I've been through and, and it yes. becomes very heavy. Yes, that's um, an example of um, the term that I coined. I just take credit for it. I don't know. I'm sure somebody's put these words together at some previous point in history, but it's it's shadow masturbation. <laughs> shadow is is the term that i use it's okay. it's this conscious recognition of nope i have these shadow patterns but it's mm-hmm. the recognition of it becomes the excuse to continue engaging in it going in it yeah. and it's this self flagellation <laughs> that takes place i'm just going to roll around in my own shadow material and, and mm-hmm. bask in it you know um kind of like an attachment you're attached to your story to your trauma and you make it yeah happen. i think I think that's part of it. I think there's attachment, but I, I also think that it's um, uh, looking for like, you know, the proverbial blue ribbon, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, congratulations. You've identified <laughs> that you have shadow material. The mm-hmm. point of that is to then allow that to shift and change. Um, it's not just to sort of admit, yep, I'm a hot mess and then continue to be the proverbial hot mess, even mm-hmm. though that's, Dip, causing difficulty in relationships or causing difficulty in your career or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. Um, and so that is also, there's, it's like there's a deeper shadow element, which is this need for self-acceptance, I think, or, or just a need for acceptance in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's part of what you're, what you're describing, but. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like a trauma bonding. Yeah. Let me, let, let's connect because of trauma rather than you share all your trauma and I'll share all my trauma and we'll, mm. that's how we'll communicate through yeah. psychology. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So well, go ahead. Well, my thought was, is maybe this conversation, like you said, is kind of shifting into a conversation about love languages and we can talk about that next time. Yeah, I think that is a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything practical? Um, is there a practical bullet point summary of, um, you know, somebody's taking the time to listen to this? Um, I suppose they could go and um, peruse the Gottman Institute mm-hmm. uh, website. Yeah. You literally can Google bids for connection. I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it's actually bids for connection, not attention. Is it? <laughs> well, now we have to stop and record the whole thing. <laughs> now we don't. <laughs> um, but it's interesting that you phrased it bids for attention because I don't know that I actually had done that. Yeah, maybe you didn't. I think it's um, bid for, but that's what it's felt like for you. This, like, that is. Yeah. No, it's bids for, a bid for connection is an action that tries to get your attention and it indicates a desire for connection. Okay, great. So, so the word attention's in there. It is, but you know, I think maybe that's a great way of, of kind of wrapping this up is, mm-hmm. is your bid for connection really a, an unconscious shadow bid for attention? To me, mm. if you can tune mm-hmm. into the distinction between connection and attention, mm. I think that's something that, that maybe people can just take away from this and begin paying attention to within themselves and their own relationships is Mm. when you reach out to connect, quote, connect with your partner, are you really seeking attention 
Is there, is, is it really because there's a sense of something missing mm-hmm. that you need your partner to provide? And, yeah. and if so, congratulations, you're human. Um, this is not, does not mean the imminent collapse of your relationship. It just means there is a need for consciousness there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can be as simple as talking about that deeper reality instead of just making the bid for connection in the way that you were going to, if there's the ability to recognize that it's actually attention seeking, Mm -hmm. it's actually trying to have um, unmet needs resourced from outside. Mm -hmm. You can make that the bid for connection. Yeah. Hey, I I don't know why, but I'm over here feeling lonely. (laughs) Right. And suddenly now you're talking about a deeper reality um, that's taking place for you. And, and there's a more authentic opportunity to make a connection. Yeah. And I think I would just add to that is when you are making these bids for connection slash attention, thinking about the other person, mm. be considerate of the other person and where they're at it doesn't actually really matter what your bid is. If it's for attention or connection, if you consider the other person, where Mm -hmm. are they at? Ask permission. And then if they say no, you know, like there, I need to talk about something with you. Are you available right now? Do you Mm -hmm. have the time for this right now? Mm -hmm. And then when they say no, you let it go. Okay. And go on with your day. Yeah. And you, if the relationship's going to continue, you want to, ideally you want to be with a partner who doesn't say no all the time. Right. <laughs> right. Sometimes a no is fine, but no all the time won't work. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. Can I resource this myself? What am I doing this for? Why am I trying to make this connection? Can I take care of myself? Instead, is there some way I can do that? And being considerate of the other person. Mm-hmm. Is this person on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> is this person exhausted? Yeah. Is this person ill? You know, is this person really tired from, you know, working a long day and it's nine o'clock at night and you're reaching out for some, you know what I mean? There's just yeah. so many ways to think about the other person. I think that's what people struggle with is because they are so in their intense emotional stuff when they're making these bids that it's unconscious, like you said, that they just blurt it out and then they get hurt when the other person doesn't respond or responds in a way that feels painful to them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, the answer to the question is to be more conscious, but that's hard. Yes. It's just a light switch right over there on the wall. Just click. That's the practical advice. Just be more conscious. (laughs) Right. Great. Well, we'll leave it at that. And um, soon we'll talk about um, love languages languages. and and attraction. Perhaps fits in Mm -hmm. well with that. Mm -hmm. Until we meet again, my love. Mm. Goodbye, everyone.